Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. My name is Varro, and with me to talk Chivas Feminine, Melissa. Melissa, how are you? I mean, crazy week. I mean, <laughs> basically, anything that could have happened in three matches happened this week. I mean, we had a, a loss, a draw, a win, a red card, <laughs> controversy, <laughs> drama, like you name it. <laughs> yeah, um, crazy week. Another crazy uh, Liga MX Feminine week. You know, three games in seven days for all the teams. I, I, They always catch me off guard. Um, I know we're in that... Um, what do you call it in English? Like the quinella? And um, like I, I've i been putting in my picks like one day late. Because like the early, early match is the one that I'll miss. And I'm like, oh crap. Like I could have predicted the winner for that one. <laughs> so I got zero for like the first day of every uh, every jornada. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were, they were saying uh, yesterday at Chivas' match that we have like a 12-day stretch with like matches pretty much every single day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as a fan, that's nice, but I mean, I, I don't even want to think about how tired the players must be at this stage. Yeah, it's a lot. And then you have like a, what are we, they're going to have like a two week, two, two and a half week break after this game yeah, on there's Friday. The, yeah, there's the, the FIFA break, but I think that there are going to be some national team friendlies and like not sure which players are going. I mean... I guess Miriam Garcia, if she gets called, it would depend on, on how she's feeling of her injury. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know if Licha will... I mean, Licha will probably go because she's, like, fit. And then, like, there's the controversy with Caro because, <laughs> like, I saw a lot of people saying that she should get banned from the national team. Nah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll get into that maybe <laughs> later when we're discussing the whole Querétaro thing. All right, let's start off with... Chivas' first game of the week. We had a loss at Pachuca. Um, right before the game, I think like two, three days before, it had come out that Blanca Felix tested positive for COVID-19. And I believe it's the first case, I think, for Chivas Femenino, right? Going back to last season? Yeah, I mean, at least the first one that we like publicly right. know that it's it's because of that. But yeah, I mean, I think that we were all kind of wondering when that good luck would run out. <laughs> And, I mean, it had to be Blanca, but, I mean, also, it kind of came at a relatively easy stretch of the calendar. I mean, it's better that it's right now and no, not at the end of the season where we have, like, a lot of the tougher opponents. So, yeah, I mean, it was Blanca, but at least she said that, that she's she's okay. Like, she hasn't shown any symptoms and, and she's feeling okay. She's just, like, doing the, the mandatory quarantine. So, I hope that, that she's feeling great and that she doesn't get any major issues with that. Yeah, she kind of took this time to to work on her dance moves on TikTok. I've been, I follow her and she's been uploading like almost every other day. She's like, I have nothing else to do, guys. So I'm going to practice my dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least that, that means that she's feeling well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good thing. <laughs> yep. So that meant that Celeste Spino was going to start the next three games and possibly four if Blanca's not. Cleared by uh, Friday. Friday's game against Nakaxa. Um, she made her debut last season. I forget against who, but it was like a. She wasn't it, winning it was by like a couple goals. Oh, it was Mazatlan. Okay. Yeah, yeah she it was, was like a... the 5 0. Mm-hmm. And, and then like they, they brought Celeste in. But yeah, I mean, Celeste is a player who has been like for a long time at Chivas. She comes from the, from the youth squad. And then like she's been for a while registered with the senior team. 
but she had also been playing with the with the youth squad some tournaments, so she had been getting like playing time here and there. So and she's also like a U seventeen national team like player. Like she consistently gets those call ups. So like we were kind of wondering what how she would do because I mean we know that she has quality based on those things, but you're always kind of wondering like how is she going to react to to getting the start and and to the pressure because I mean you can train and everything but that doesn't like necessarily get you ready for when the time comes but I think that she's done really well I mean these last three games um, I think that 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 she's done a great job um, she looks confident she's been looking better with every game then she has maybe like a couple of things that I that I really like seeing from her um, I think that mainly how confident she is at, at gripping the ball. She always tries to keep the ball and she doesn't let off any bounces or anything. So I think that's a really great thing. And the other is that she's like really tall, especially for like a women's league goalkeeper. So I think that also helps like maybe intimidate the other players a little bit. And and she has like a, a really nice reach. And the other thing that I noticed is that she also... Like on her clearances, she can get the the ball like really far. I mean, maybe she just needs to work on her accuracy a little bit. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think that that it was like maybe like a tough test for her, but she's been doing great, and I really want to see more of her in the future. So I think that we got we we've got like a nice a nice goalkeeper there with her. Yeah, I think she showed she showed a lot these uh, past three games. Um, like you said, her ability to play the ball with her feet is, I think, one of her better attributes. Like, she doesn't get nervous when they pass the ball back to her. I think sometimes with Blanca, she kind of clears it to the sidelines because it's better safe than sorry. But Celeste Espino kind of just receives the ball calmly, distributes the ball to her center backs or left back, right back. And, yeah, like, the fact that she's really tall is, I imagine, has to be intimidating to the opponents, you know, especially, like, in one-on-one situations. You can't really get the ball over her because she's so tall and I know tall keepers have like that reputation of not being able to dive or like get to the ball low on the ground and um but I haven't really seen that against Celeste so I, I like what I've seen from her so far like um I was kind of nervous when they said Blanca wasn't going to play the next couple of games but um she stepped in and she did a she did a fine job yeah I mean I think that you can also see like the difference between Players like Blanca, who kind of come from a like a more amateur development and maybe mm-hmm. with not so many resources, and with Celeste, I mean, you can see that that she's like more of a traditional technique kind of goalkeeper, like especially compared to Blanca, because like Blanca's techniques and everything is like so her that you kind of like notice the difference. But yeah, I mean, I think that it, that it's been great for her, and I mean, yeah, it's also nice knowing that. I mean. Even if they don't necessarily keep starting Celeste, knowing that if she steps in, she's going to do a good job. And I mean, I don't know, maybe why not think about rotating them like in, in regular season play? I mean, I think that's something that the trader could definitely consider because, I mean, that also helps like not strain Blanca too much. And and also you, you are keeping like Celeste with enough minutes to keep her like with a really good rhythm. Yeah, I wonder... I wonder if Shorty would consider that because, you know, it's not really, um, I don't think many teams have do or do it like do that, have uh, rotating goalies, but Chivas definitely has the option and I don't think anybody would be mad if they decided to follow it. 
Um, yeah, see. I mean, Rayadas are, are one of the teams that really do that because they have oh, like okay. Claudia Lozoya mm-hmm. who won the title with them, and and then they brought in Alex Godinez who is like also really fantastic. So that's they're like one of the teams who have like two goalkeepers that are like solid enough that they could start anywhere else. So what what they have been doing in terms of rotating them, I think that it's it's been really great for them. Especially because Godinez is also kind of like Blanca in that she's like really bold and she has had to come out because she had like, uh, I think that she had a concussion on, on one match. So like knowing that the quality of your backup is that good, I mean, it also kind of like really helps you. Like maybe breathe a little bit easier when, when there are tight matches like that. Yeah, definitely. So we'll keep an eye on, uh, see what they do with Celeste Espino and... Maybe she'll start on Friday if Blanca's not back yet. Because I, I haven't seen anything that um, that she's cleared to return. And usually they, they'll put like a picture of her at least training with the team. But I haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, once she stops uh, posting TikToks, <laughs> we'll know. She's yeah. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about Chivas and Pachuca. Uh, I thought Chivas started that game off really well. They had a, a good first half. And then kind of the second half, it kind of fell off the she was kind of lost her style and um pachuca kind of worked their way into the game and then we know what it ultimately came down to a free kick from monica ocampo yeah i mean pachuca were not coming in the best form but like i had mentioned they're they're like developing a new project with Tonya is as their coach so it was just like maybe like a matter of time and and seeing when they were going to click, and they definitely clicked against Chivas. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, at, at the first, at first in that match, I, I kind of noticed that also the team came in like really motivated, like they were really trying to keep the ball away from Celeste as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of really went all in on attack, and it was like a very tight match. Um, I think that definitely Tonya is made some great adjustments that helped her counter Chivas better. And then, I mean, Monica Ocampo, what's there left to say? I mean, she's a legend. And just, Pachuca is so much stronger by having her back because of her leadership, because of her technique. And because she can she can do things like that. I mean, you just get a free kick and then you tr- you can trust that Monica Ocampo is going to, to convert that into a goal. And maybe there was a little bit of a rookie mistake by Celeste because of her positioning. But I mean, it, even for like more experienced goalkeepers, like trying to to defend a, a set piece with Monica Ocampo on the other side is extremely tough. So, I mean, like even Chore on his press conference, he said that he wasn't necessarily mad by the result, that he was happy with the way the team performed, and I mean that they had had their chances, but that it was kind of like um, not maybe unexpected to to get a result like that against a team that. That has so much potential and and who is showing like really great form right now as Pachuca. Yeah, that that free kick, um, I, it looked like Celeste misjudged the bounce and um, but like you said, experienced keepers make that that mistake all the time. Um, I feel like I know early in his career, Memo Kyoa was that was like the way to definitely beat him, like get the ball to bounce like right before you shoot at him, and he had like no idea how to how to block those, but. Eventually, he got better at it, but so I think Celeste Smith would just look at that and be like, "It's uh, you know, room for improvement." But um, I'm glad that she bounced back from from that in the next couple of games. Like she didn't look like she uh, 
he let it affect her. Yeah, and like even Chore also said that at his press conference that he had spoken to her and that he told her that he was proud of what of of the performance that she had. And I think that's also like kind of speaks to the kind of coach Chore is that he immediately, like very publicly decided to to back her up and and to give like that kind of support and it also kind of signals that maybe like the, the locker room is in a way better shape than it was before. Yeah. So yeah, I mean also, I mean, and also I think that the fans were really mostly like really positive towards Celeste and really supportive of her because, I mean, she's 17. So, I mean, you cannot really judge her that that harshly. And also, I mean, I think that a lot of what fans said is that the the burden of the of that loss was not necessarily on Celeste, but on all the chances that, you know, the, the, the attacking side had and they, that, that they did not convert. So... I mean, it, it was kind of like it would have been like really unfair if everybody had just gone against Celeste for that for that loss. Yeah, Chivas definitely had their chances in the game. Um, there's a Licha shot that the goalie blocked. Uh, the closest was probably that um, the Jacqueline Rodriguez kick at goal, and it was cleared off the line off a set piece. That was probably the closest that Chivas came to scoring in that game. So they definitely had their chances, but unfortunately couldn't convert any of them. And is this, this yeah, the game I mean, that this is the game that Shorty got a yellow, right? He was like too energetic on the sideline. Yeah, because I'm I'm starting to remember that now. I think that there was a play where one of the Pachuca players on attack, they were like really pulling down one of the Chivas players, and like even the Pachuca players stopped for a bit because they thought that they were going to give yeah. like the foul to Chivas, mm-hmm. and then like the ref told them to keep playing, and they tried to to score on Chivas after that. And I think that's when he... But I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that maybe even Chore was a little bit nervous, probably because of, of Celeste starting. Yeah. But he was, like, even more intense than usual, and he seemed to be kind of distracted. And there, then there was this thing with the subs, right? When he seemed to have brought out Carol Bernal, who had just come in. I think that was and against they kind of made a mistake. Though, right? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but... Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. Pachuca is when he got the yellow and he was, like, really... I mean, he's always, like, very involved in the game, but he was, like, too involved this time. And, yeah, I mean, it's also something with the with the refs that had been happening all season and it kind of exploded on the Queretaro game. Yeah. Because it's not just on Chivas games. I mean, I had been noticing that there were a lot of, like, really strong plays and maybe, like, even... A bit of like reckless ones that weren't getting like really any calls. So I mean, I think that players were starting to realize that they were getting away with heavier fouls, and that's kind of it gets building on. And and like I said, not just on Chivas games. I mean, I saw an Atlas game where Allison went for a ball, but like her face, her foot was on the defender's face, and like she didn't even get like a yellow because. It, it was like a very, very reckless play. And there was another one with Tigres where Stephanie Mayor, um, she had like a very hard um, tackle on a, on another player and it should have been a red and she didn't get it. So, I mean, it's it's kind of like a league-wide problem in that regard, in that referees were kind of letting those things slip. And it was just like a matter of time before it exploded at some point. And unfortunately, we had to... To get like the fallout for that. <laughs> well, that was that was the next game, uh, Chivas Querétaro. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, segue into that. <laughs> well, it, it started off really well because we probably saw up up to the up to that game. Um, probably Chivas's best forty five minutes of the season, followed followed by their probably worst forty five minutes of the season. Um, you know, Chivas came out swinging. They jumped up into a three zero lead by like the twenty eighth or twenty ninth minute, something like that. We, um, Montoya scored a goal. Licha scored a, a really nice goal. Isabella Gutierrez, who's been kind of the revelation in these past couple of games, scored a goal. And then it kind of just fell apart in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I first saw the, the initial lineup and I was like, okay, I'm really liking this. I mean, even though we didn't have Miriam Garcia because she had a hip injury. So, like, the starting lineup was um, Celeste. And then, like, as center backs, we had uh, Michelle Gonzalez and King Guzman, who was covering him for Miriam. And then um, left back and, and right back, it was um, Godinez and, and Jacqueline, who are, like, the ones who have always been playing. But the interesting part was how he kind of readjusted the mid and the attack, because he kind of left um, Caro as a center mid with Miriam Castillo, and then just... Um, Isabella taking her spot behind Licha, and that made like a whole lot of difference there. I mean, I think that's kind of what helped um, the team perform so well. And that's kind of what I wanted to see. I mean, I really wanted to see Isabella get a start because every time she stepped on the pitch this season, it seems like her being there just makes everything click for Chivas. And that also kind of pulls Caramillo of that position where she's not as comfortable and leaves her maybe a little bit more in the mid, but on the left side, which is her, her best side. And I think that also was part of the reason why why the team worked so well. I mean, I definitely could see this being the starting lineup for the rest of the season. I mean, with Miriam Garcia, of course, as the mm-hmm. as a starting center back, but, I mean, I don't really see why this can't work. I mean, even just for center mid, if uh, Susan Bejarano comes back, I mean, you, there you have, like, another good option. So, yeah, I really like that that lineup change. Mm, I think that's also kind of, like, what we've been talking about of seeing Chore kind of, like, being better in his decision-making sometimes. I mean, I think that he sometimes delivers, like, a really good initial... <laughs> Um, starting 11 and then he kind of messes it up messes it up by the subs and sometimes he delivers a not so good starting 11 and then he fixes it so I mean we kind of just need to work on that balance there but yeah I mean Querétaro they might not seem like a team with like these big stars or big names but the work Carla Rossi has done with them is, is amazing I mean they were able to beat Atlas in the quarterfinals um, coming from behind, because I think that Atlas had like a 2-0 or 3-0 lead, which is not an yeah. easy thing to pull off at all. And I think that it was it was also going to be like a very tactical battle between Rossi and Chore, and also there were a lot of mind games on, on this game, and you were talking, we were talking about this before we started recording. Yeah, um, I, I, I started noticing it um Right when Querétaro tied the, the game, I forget the goal, the Querétaro's uh, player's name. But after she scored on Celeste, she tried to shake her hand and Celeste kind of just ignored it. And uh, the Querétaro player laughed that off. But um, at that point, I was like, oh man, like this this is going to be a stressful ending to the game. 
and uh, we could not foresee how the game was going to end, but <laughs> it was, yeah, it was uh, mind games all over, uh, physical match, um, I don't know what else, uh, I think Carol Ber- Bernal, who had been looking good up until this game, I think she had a bad game. She had an awful, an awful yeah, game. Yeah, she had a terrible game. Um, she whipped on the cross that led to the second goal. She, uh, you know, she whipped on the clearance. Um, she committed a couple of fouls in the box, and then ultimately one was called for the third penalty for the third goal that was a penalty. But um, yeah, I don't was was this the game that she subbed in and then subbed off, or was that the Pachuca game? I I'm getting like since it's three games in one week, they're all like kind of blending together. But yeah, I, I don't remember that... if it was against okay. Pachuca or Querétaro. But that that so... Querétaro game, Carlos Bernal had a terrible game, and then yeah, I'll... I think it was in the Pachuca game. Okay. But I think it was a mistake and, in that game, right? It was supposed to be Caro Jaramillo that came off, or at least that's what the yeah, announcers they, were saying. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was kind of weird, and and yeah, I mean the Querétaro game was um, a lot of mind games, a lot of fouls, really physical, and mm-hmm. we've seen that Chivas struggles when things get get like that. They they kind of been struggling with that, and yeah, I mean I kind of got a few questions on what I thought about Celeste's attitude. I hadn't really seen it, and then I like I watched the replay, and I think that it wasn't so so bad. I mean, we were also talking about this before recording. I mean, ideally, you want your goalkeeper to just shrug it off and laugh in the in the striker's face and just tell her, yeah, whatever, I don't care what you're doing. Yeah, you scored on me, I don't care. But I mean, that's like the the first best reaction, and the second best reaction is just like ignoring her. I mean, if you're not going to engage in that, then just like. Ignore ignore her and let her walk. And I think for a 17-year-old goalkeeper, I mean, I think that it was, like, not the best reaction, but not the worst reaction. So I think that's also kind of, like, a good thing for Celeste there. I mean, that she was able to to not get in that game and, like, and, and not follow not follow that, like, with, with an aggression or anything. But mm-hmm. there were a lot of really tough kicks in the last 20 minutes. And, I mean, kind of looking back, that scuffle between Jasmine Enrique and Caro Jaramillo, it was coming because mm-hmm. um, Enrique kicked Jaramillo and then Jaramillo kicked Enrique and it was just back and forth, back and forth. And the refereeing was dreadful. I mean, I had never seen so many... The game had to stop, be stopped like two or three times because the ref kept getting in the way of the ball. And since those calls were usually going against Querétaro, the Querétaro players were really, really, really angry. And to be honest, there were like a couple of plays that could have been penalties against Chivas, and that Perez Borja did not yeah. did not concede. So you're talking about like a game that's completely slipping off from the referee's grasp. And then just at the end, when she was like, um, when she was on the final whistle, it, there was like a really tough tackle from Caro to Enrique. And then when Enrique was down, and that's something that got cut off from a lot of the replays, you can see that she kind of scrapes Caro's leg, like she she raises her leg and, and scrapes her, and that's when Caro kicks her. So I mean, it's bad that Caro did that. I mean, I'm in no way going to defend Caro for doing that. It was a stupid reaction, and especially like you're wearing the captain armband, you know that Blanca is not there, Miriam is not there, the team's counting on you to be a leader, and you're doing that, I mean, it was just so, so dumb, and 
there was like some shoving going around, like some of the players from Queretaro's bench came in and one of them shot Caro and then just like all hell broke loose and then <laughs> Chore basically picked up Caro and dragged her yeah. away from the pitch. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it was a really poor judgment from the players and not just Caro, from Enrique as well and from Queretaro's bench as well. But a lot of this could have been prevented if the ref had not been so bad. I mean, imagine seeing a Liguilla game with calls this poor. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, going back to the Celeste Espino thing, um, I think that was... I don't think there was anything wrong with the way she reacted. Um, we've seen goalies re- react way worse. Like, I remember there was one time... Um, there was one game, I think it was Valdo Sainz. It was Mexico versus USA and... Somebody on USA scored on Osvaldo and like he chased him and like kind of drop kicked him in the air, but he missed. And like the referee didn't see, so nothing happened to him. But we, I've seen like goalkeepers just have like terrible reactions. So Celeste being what seventeen years old, ignoring that player, just shaking it off. That's fine with me. And then you're right, the the Jaramillo play when the Queretaro player kind of kicks out at at uh, Caro. Nobody talk, talked about it, but Caro just got hot and reacted. and It's no excuse, but she was provoked, is all I'm going to say. She was provoked and she reacted. She shouldn't have reacted, but um, she got a red card and she deserved the red card because of what she did. Yeah, and I mean, we've, we've had this discussion before about whether Caro should be captain. And like I will always mention that I didn't like how Hirichi got and how she always yeah. got into fights because, I mean, basically, except for the yellow card Chore got, every single yellow <laughs> card this team has had this season is Caro's. And I think that she gives away all these stupid yellow cards and, I mean, I get some of them can be necessary, but she really needs to to figure out how to control that temper because it it's already going to cost her games and maybe right now it wasn't much of, uh, of an issue because you know they, they still beat San Luis and then up next is Necaxa who is like one of the worst teams this season but if she had gotten that too much suspension on Liguilla or against on or before like a Tigres or a Monterrey game I mean I would be pissed off at her if I was her teammate yeah and like she really really needs to Hopefully, I mean, I know that obviously Chore must have spoken to her and and like she really needs to to find a way to figure out because another thing that happened is that all the media fallout came onto her. Like everybody was playing replays of, of, of the part where she kicks the Queretaro player and nobody was talking about the context. Everything was like Caro is... Yeah is the one who is like i mean i i read so much stupid crap this week about that i mean i heard i read people saying that she should get banned from the national team um people personally attacking her and her relationship saying that she she probably hit her girlfriend i mean really really messed up stuff coming up from that and not just from fans i mean i was watching the puebla atlas game the next day and it was on TVC Deportes who were the ones who broadcast the Querétaro game. And of course, Querétaro is their team, so they're not going to talk bad about the Querétaro players. But they spent like 15 minutes, I mean, five minutes of the match and then halftime saying that Caro was a coward and that what she did was wrong. And 
basically saying that everything was her fault and that that if something worse had happened and like they were playing playing the the scenes from that fight and they had like the part where a Querétaro player comes off the bench and shops her, shops her from the back and they saw that and they were like see that's a consequence of what Caro did instead of saying that that was also wrong yeah I was so mad I had to turn off the TV and watch something else because I couldn't keep watching the the game and then then the I think people on Twitter started adding the commentators and telling them like to not be as harsh on Caro and then they got mad. And they said, oh, we're not going to talk about this anymore. But that's also something that the whole team needs to understand. You're in Chivas. Everything that you do, especially if you do something bad, is going to get that level of attention. I mean, it happens for the men. And as the league's exposure grows, of course, like the media are going to try to do the same things with them as they do with the guys yeah. in terms of, of being like these kind of clickbait things. So... I mean, it's definitely a wake-up call, not just for Caro, but for the whole team. And, like, Chore was, like, really embarrassed about it on his press conference. He said it. I mean, I'm so sorry about what happened. Because, like, I understand I am, like, a Chivas player. I was a Chivas player. And I've told them, you need to defend this jersey, like, to death. But this is not how you do it. So, I mean... I'm guessing Caro must have gotten like a fine or something, but I also would have liked for her to publicly state an apology. I think that, you know, she would have got maybe some crap from people who wouldn't have believed her, but I think that the right thing to do would have been for her to, to step up and, and openly say, you know, I know what I did was wrong. And I'm not going to make ex- excuses for it. Yeah, I was kind of keeping an eye on, uh, on her socials just to see if... Uh... Just to see what she was going to say, because I assumed she was going to make an apology, but um, I haven't seen anything. And then she kind of laid low. She she laid low off of Twitter, and then up until the San Luis game, I think she hadn't posted anything on Instagram. So um, I don't think <laughs> I don't think we're going to get an apology, but uh, yeah, yeah, she I, loved I, her Twitter. <laughs> yeah, she went private on Twitter. Um, but yeah, like just piling down on her and like the super biased comments from. Debesa reporters like unnecessarily there she was provoked you know but even as Chivas fans we can admit that what she did was you know not not part of the game and she shouldn't have reacted the way that she did just like Shorty said you know it's like it's kind of like a bad it's a bad look for the team and and especially for her yeah and I mean there was also kind of like these um like people like going extra hard on her because you know, we never see this on the women's league. I mean, the women's league is so fair play, and that's why it's so wrong. But I mean, come on! Like <laughs> every team has had their share of fouls and everything. And like I said, this also ties into the fact that largely the the ref and the refs and the calls have been awful the whole season. So it was going to happen, and unfortunately, Chivas got the worst of the consequences and. And I mean, hopefully also like the Federation realizes that they need to step up and, and and be better with the refs because, I mean, right now nothing major happened, but if they keep allowing like reckless plays and fouls and everything, I mean, at some point someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. And you don't want that like for anyone. So I kind of did see like the San Luis game and then there was I think a Rayadas game after the Querétaro one 
And I kind of did notice that the refs went a bit more strict with their calls, which is good. I mean, they weren't necessarily cutting a lot of play, but they weren't really letting anything slide. I mean, I saw Mazatlán's Cassandra Montero had a really tough tackle on a player, and then, like, the ref didn't even hesitate to give her a yellow card. And then the Ciremon Sivais complained that the refs, because she thought she should have gotten a penalty, and the ref gave her a yellow. So, I mean, hopefully they... they also realize what they need to do to make sure that the games don't don't get as bad as this one got. Yeah, I hope the referee the referees step up and take control of the games because yeah, a couple of games that I have watched, I've I've noticed that the it kind of gets out of out of like the referees' hands. Like uh, they lose control of the game, and then towards the end, they just don't know how to control it anymore. And that Pachuca that uh that Querétaro game was like the prime example of it. But um, let's let's move on to Chivas uh, playing Atlético San Luis. Um, you know, Chivas racked up one of everything. They racked up a loss, a draw, and then they got the win over San Luis. Who I was kind of worried because they were coming off a game from uh, shutting out Tigres in the in a nil nil draw. We know Tigres is a pretty offensive team, and if you're gonna shut shut out Tigres, then I was like they might be able to shut out Chivas, but. Fortunately, Chivas came out strong. Well, not even strong, because I think the first 20-25 minutes of that game, um, it's kind of like a stalemate. They were kind of feeling each other out, and then Chivas just started clicking offensively. Yeah, and San Luis managed to like close off the midfield really well for, mm-hmm. for Chivas. And yeah, I mean, San Luis is a team that I know well because they're like my hometown team, so I watch them a lot. And they can be really tricky to face. I mean, even though they're currently in last place, they have, like, good players and they have some really fast players that can just, like, pull off a scare or two. So, yeah, I mean, coming in with the with the confidence boost of, you know, having shot of Tigres, I mean, I was also kind of a bit worried because also Chivas were coming off this 3-3 draw and Caro got a two-match suspension. And we were kind of wondering how that was going to to affect the team mentally. So I think that it was it was great that they got the result. And also Miriam Miriam Garcia was back. I mean she was she started on the bench but I mean at least that means that she's fit enough to be available in case things got got bad. So yeah, I mean I think that it, it started off really tight and then she was started to, to loosen up a bit and I mean Isabella Gutierrez's game was outstanding, I think. Yeah, she was definitely, like I said before, like she has that game changer effect when she comes in as a sub, and when she's clicking, she's clicking like she she knows where she's gonna put the ball before she gets it. Um, she has a, a nice shot that we saw Lecha cleaned up one of her shots and hit the crossbar, so she has long distance shot. She got an assist to Annette Vasquez, great great pass, and then like the runs she makes, the way she sets up her teammates, um, she, she's definitely good and. That uh, what's the what's the Twitter account? Chivas photos, is it? Or imágenes de Chivas? I forget their yep. handle. Yeah, but when they tweeted out, um, se fue Nicole, pero afortunadamente se quedó Isabella. I was like, damn, it's uh, it's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Isabella, she's very very young. She's yeah. sixteen, almost seventeen, I think. Mm, also consistent, you seventeen call ups, and you can see why now. And I kind of have had her on my radar for a while now since, since she was in the in the youth team. 
she had been doing already some preseason with Chivas and yeah I mean she's definitely a, a, a really big talent and I kind of like how how the team I mean not necessarily just with Chore but with all the coaches the team has had they haven't really tried to rush any of the youth players um, they haven't done it to Keen and they haven't done it to, to Isabella either so I mean I'm glad that she got the start because I mean I think that she really deserves that but I'm also kind of glad that they are not making her play like the whole 90 minutes yeah because like she's still pretty young and you don't want to to get her injured or or ha- have her like burn out so quickly so I think that they're, they're taking her like step by step but it's also not kind of like an Eileen Aviles kind of situation where they're just get, giving her like 10 minutes to, to do her thing. Yeah. And I think that people are starting to to notice Isabella a lot more and that makes me really happy because um, I kind of think that she, she deserves that. I mean, I hope that, that she continues to, to play with Chivas. I hope that the team does something smart and gives her a really good solid contract for a few more years. Because, I mean, I think that if she keeps developing like this, she could easily go abroad. I mean, in two or three years, I or I don't know, maybe even less, she could be like Chivas' next export. And, I mean, it's great to see a player, like, not just with that talent, but you can tell, like, the drive that she has. Like, she's always, like, pushing forward and trying to figure out ways to help her teammates. And she's always, like, um, trying to stay in the play and after the ball and I mean it's kind of like really great to see to see like both her talent and, and her attitude so I mean looks the, the future looks great for her and and she's also going to be like a huge asset for Chivas yeah and, and I like that she kind of balances out the attack because we've been talking this whole week like offline about how Annette Vasquez is kind of not kind of not starter material but what Shorty did yesterday in the San Luis game, I think he plugged her into he plugged Annette Vasquez into the into the midfield and kinda let Isabel Gutierrez play on the wings at times. And when she, when Isabella was on the wings, the, the the attack was like a lot more balanced. I, I liked I liked what I saw when they put Annette behind Licha, kinda just follow her around. And they let Montoya and uh, Isabella play on the wings. I thought I thought Shorty did a good job with that. Yeah, I think that's some things that he has been doing, these adjustments, they have been helping, like compensate things. Um, like sometimes when he, when he would switch Annette to the to the right wing, I mean that pairs her up with with uh, Jacqueline Rodriguez, who's playing amazing. So that kind of compensates a bit mm-hmm. because maybe um, Jacqueline is helping her on attack, but she also knows that she's quite solid defensively. And also, I mean. Montoya on the left, credit to her because her defensive runs have been yeah. really great. And I think that she's starting to find that group with Godinez in terms of, you know, switching around, like who stays behind and who goes off on attack. So I think that's also kind of starting to gel a little bit for the team. So I think that Chore is kind of starting to realize like the adjustments that he needs to make to like really bring out the team's potential. And to be honest, I kind of see like this team has more um, variance in its attack. Like it's not going to be like last season when everything they try to do everything through the same way, like a long diagonal pass to Maria mm-hmm. and then to Licha. So I do think that this team can is better equipped 
to deal with stronger teams than the one that we had last season. So, yeah, I mean, I think that we're seeing like all these young players that we have that have a lot of potential and that they're starting to live up to that potential. And, you know, the, the also like the more quote-unquote veterans who are kind of anchoring the, the team as well. So I think that this team is, is turning out to be a really good base for the future and that hopefully Amaury will open up the wallet in the <laughs> summer. Um, because I do think that, that we have like some very, very interesting uh, players to, to build the team around. Yeah, it feels like a more like a more whole team. It's uh, you know, like you said, we were depending on wing play last season, but this season it feels like we can attack on the wings or we can go down the middle. Or you know, Licha has been amazing. She scored what she scored two goals last these last three games. And got assists in the in the Querétaro game. Um, you know, she's making incredible passes like that pass she made to Montoya that led to the corner against uh, Atlético San Luis. That was like a, a great ball. And then um, the San Luis defender just made a perfect tackle. But the vision from Licha, you know, we said maybe this season she wasn't going to score as much, but be more of a facilitator. Well, she's scoring and facilitating. So I think she's becoming like a more whole player as well. Yeah, and, and Montoya too. I mean, I think that she's trying to, to build more for the mm-hmm. rest of the team. And... Like also on the play before Annette's goal, I mean it's it's Montoya who makes like this run and then she realizes that it's more open on the other side and she makes that change. And that's when, when Annette and, and Isabella do this really great play of, of Isabella also clearing off the defenders and leaving Annette on mark. So yeah. I mean it's really interesting how they are all playing together and it's really working out. So I mean, I think that Chore is starting to find out the, the balance and like the starting 11 that he's going to be fielding for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you're right. I think he's finding he's finding that starting 11, you know, six weeks into this season. And I think, you know, this Chivas team is looking good. Wow, they're currently in, what, fourth place, I think? Mm, they're in fifth. Oh, they're in fifth. But I mean, the difference between first and sixth place is just three points. Yeah. So it's it's been really tight. And I mean, first place is Pumas, who have been surprising this season. <laughs> and then second is, is Atlas. And I mean, Alison Gonzalez is amazing right now. Yeah. And then Monterrey, who who been kind of like maybe a little bit of hit and miss because they lost against Pumas, but, but then the rest of their matches, they have won like 5-0. So. And then Tigres, who have been struggling a little bit, um... They had like that that draw against San Luis that was very unexpected, and they had um, they already had a loss, um, I think to Atlas. Yeah, they lost Atlas. And and I mean I think that they they they're kind of slowing down a bit. Um, they don't have Ovalle and they don't have Belen Cruz, and I think that maybe Maria is not um, maybe feeling as well, or or I don't know exactly what's happening there. But yeah, I mean. I've also seen people on Twitter say, I mean, Chivas are surprising me because I think that everybody thought they were going to get washed, like even by Mazatlan or <laughs> yeah. or Juarez or, or those teams. And I mean, yeah, they haven't had like their toughest opponents yet, but they are being efficient. Like they are bringing out those results and they are getting those points and those goals. So, I mean, I think that 
but they're looking solid and I mean we were talking about our expectations for the team and I said that it, I thought that they were going to be between 6th and 8th but this season has been full of surprises and it's great to see more teams like stepping in into the mix I mean it's great to see Pumas being so strong because I think that they were already like a very solid team but they were lacking like that extra punch on attack and getting Dinora Garza and, and Marlene Campa like really made them take that, that extra step that they needed. So, I mean, it's it's been like a fun season overall to watch. And I mean, it's going to be interesting because we're already like one third in. So it's not like, oh, I mean, it's just like the first three games. It's just a fluke or whatever. So I think that, that Chivas overall, they haven't been as spectacular maybe but they're being like efficient where they need to be so i think that's great for them yeah definitely and then our upcoming game is chivas necaxa on friday night i don't know friday afternoon no it's in the in the afternoon it's at 4 p.m yeah 4 p.m uh, 5 p.m your time so yeah i mean necaxa they they switch coaches um and they've been doing a little bit better now, but still they are like uh, second to last. So I mean, everybody's expecting Chivas to win, and yeah, I just hope that that they can uh, particularly manage to make this like injury free and just to try to not get any more red cards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is just like a, their next match, and then it's like the the FIFA break, so. It's just a matter of bringing in the points and making it out as as whole physically and mentally as possible as they can. Yeah, definitely. No injuries, no more red cards for the next game. And then when the FIFA break is over, we get Caro back and Shorty can figure out his starting 11. Yeah, because after the FIFA break, it's Leon, um, who had been really improving a lot. I mean, they started a little bit slow, but they also switched coaches. So right now, I mean, they're kind of like stepping in and they're currently ranked ninth. So they're like fighting for that Liguilla spot. I think that if they had beaten America, um, they would have ended up like top eight, but they are there. I mean, they're fighting and it's going to be like matches against Leon always get really good. So, I mean, I think that it's going to be an interesting one against Leon too yeah I watched, and that's when I, yeah I don't know what Leon game I, I I watch more like random Liga MX Feminine games than I do the men's like the men's league I only watch Chivas but I don't know for some reason the Feminine is on like at random time so I just turn it on but Leon I, I forget who they were playing but they're like a scrappy team like they're pretty they put up good fights I think it was Pumas maybe they were playing and um they came they came back with like a late minute goal or something so yeah, they're definitely they're fun. They're fun to watch, I think. Yeah, I mean they have Lucero Cuevas, who wasn't recently like America's highest scoring player. She has like over fifty goals in the league. So, I mean, even though her form hasn't been as great, she's always a threat. So, yeah, I mean games against Leon are, are always like this kind of fun. I remember one particularly crazy one that was like I think a three three or four three win for Chivas. That was insane. But yeah, I mean, uh, the good thing is that um, the last match for Caro's suspension is against Necaxa, which is relatively as easy as you can get. So 
Hopefully that will be the last time she gets suspended with Chivas. <laughs> Hopefully, because then they're definitely going to need her because another one of those three three games in one week is after that Leon game. And then, let me see if they have more. I think after that, they're pretty spread out the games. But after that Leon game, they're going to have three games in a week again. So they're going to need every player that they have on the roster. Yeah, and the second half of the season is going to be like the heavier one because mm -hmm. they have they have Leon and then they have I mean Tijuana who is relatively easier and then they have Toluca who had been having like a really great season and they have one one of our former Chivas players driving Arleto Bar. <laughs> so we may get some lady legs there and then after Toluca it's Atlas that's going to be a tough one. Yeah. And then after Atlas, they get Puebla, who just announced today that they're switching coaches, so we don't know how they're going to be doing by then. And then it's America, Pumas, who are the leaders, and Cruz Azul, who are also fighting for Liguilla. And then on the last two matches, it's Monterrey and Tigres, which is going to be deadly. So Yeah. I mean, they just need to take advantage of this first half of the season and take in as many points as they can and also, like, figure out what they need to do to face the second half of the season as well. Yep, for sure. And we'll be here talking about every game for the rest of the season. Melissa, um, anything else to add before we wrap up this episode? Um, Not much. Um, games against Necaxa, I think they're streamed by Market Claro, but I think that they locked them. So we should probably be able to find the stream like relatively easy because there's a broadcast going on there. So yeah, yep, just like let us know if you need help like figuring out how to how to watch the the next match. Or if you guys want a VPN that I use to watch the games, um I can link you guys to that. Cuz that's how I, yeah, cuz yesterday the game wasn't on um Telemundo usually streams it on their YouTube channel because um, for some reason when they make you use their app I can't sign in it doesn't take my uh, my login for some reason so I just stream it straight from Chivas TV I, I put up a VPN that says I'm in Mexico and it, it lets me watch it so if you guys want that let me know it makes it a lot easier you don't have to you don't have to be struggling to find the stream but um yeah we'll be back next week to talk uh, Chivas versus Nekaxa and uh, yeah it's a wrap we're out